It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon East, a series for Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it is in. And this is a spe- this is like a pre-WOMAD best of Dale. We're kind of riffing this a little bit because WOMAD comes up this coming weekend. And, of course, we'll be there on the main stage and you can hear that episode the following week. But we thought it'd be quite fun to look back at some of your best bits. Yeah, well, I'm up for it. Let's go. I've got. To, let me just throw a couple of questions to you first of all, because this comes in from Richard. Says, "Are you bringing your camper van or hovercraft to WOMAD this year?" <laughs> As it happens, the hovercraft is uh, nearly working because we we changed the motor and the control and all kinds of other stuff. So no on that one. Okay. And also, it's very hard to control in a crowd. Uh, when it comes to the camper van, <laughs> you can't drive a hovercraft around a field, <laughs> can you? Not not with a crowd. <laughs> just be not. mental. And uh, yeah, the camper van is on the verge, and I really hope so. Uh, so they cracked the, all of the issues they had. They're now in extensive testing before they give it to me to use it on the road. And on that point of transportation, Harry says, uh, given the extra expanse, smaller capacity and domestic only use of your electric aircraft and your experience and connections in the football industry, who are the large culprits of unnecessary short haul flights? Are you planning to target Premier League clubs with your airline? Well, I guess yes is the answer, the medium answer. The the short one is uh, FGR first. You know, we we will fly to a game just to make a point. And then we will encourage Premier League and others when they do feel the need for a flight, which seems to be, you know, a little bit too often to actually do it in a better way. So yeah. we'll make that available to them for sure. But the, yeah, I mean, the fun thing will be for FGR to take a game and say, hey, guys, look, to the world, really, not just to the Premier League, say, look, it's actually possible now. So yeah. uh, that's a good thing. And we should point out that the in-flight entertainment on all your planes will just be this podcast. on Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Um, it's been an amazing series we've had. We've done so many episodes on this. Uh, there's been some great moments. I'd like to think, Dale, because there's a momentum building around this as well. You know, when you go places, people go, yeah, I love the podcast. I think Dale's great. There's a lot on there. Um, but it does spread the word. I think it's fair to say that this is, you know, I, I think this pod is quite a crucial tool in getting the word out there and just debating what you might call common sense. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. And, and in a way, it's a kind of uh, opposite or antidote to what, you know, a lot of right wing radio and TV, uh, where we bang on about the same stuff from a different perspective to the one they have. Yeah. Let's have a little look back then to the series just gone. And there's been some belting questions and some great answers. Uh, his tales best bits. <laughs> Last time we spoke, of course, on the last episode, you were just getting ready to leg it to go and meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, I was, wasn't I? And I did actually meet him this time. He Last time he was a no-show last summer. This time he wasn't. He was there. And, you know, we had a great time, actually. There was a room full of maybe, I don't know, 100 people, I'm going to say. There was a dinner, a charity auction. It was in Austria, which is a beautiful place, a really kind of traditional old hotel. He's a big fan of schnitzels, apparently, which is a bit of a shame, being that it's all about cow, baby cow abuse. And, and it's not very good for the climate either. But, well, we'll have to forgive him that, did I guess. Did you hit him? 
<laughs> I just threatened him. I said, come on, Arnie, get your shit together, man. Yeah. You can't yeah. campaign for fighting Quit the climate the crisis while you're eating schnitzels. Yeah. But, uh, he said, uh, okay, okay, I'm listening, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good one? <laughs> it, was, it was good. There was a lilt of kind of Glasgow in there as well, <laughs> oh, which, which yes. is no bad thing, frankly. But you did present Arnie with a diamond as well. Oh, yeah. Um, a signet ring where, with a diamond in it, which went into the – well, there was two, actually. One went in the charity auction, and somebody bought it for 20 grand, and the other one wow. he, he stuck on and he said, I love it. Fantastic. I'm going to give up the accents and I'll work another. Yeah. Is he going to come and join us on the podcast? That's well – well, that would be good, but I know I don't think so. He's hyper busy. Um, the speed at which they whizzed people through for photographs with him on stage was quite, uh, well, quite factory farm like, really. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you did well for your session with him then. Somewhere he's making a podcast telling everybody that he met Dale Vince. So <laughs> That's right. He probably is. He's yeah. saying the speed with which people had their photographs taken with Dale. Uh, my actually might have got more no, than you. <laughs> yours uh, worse. Let's both stop. Dale Vince, I presume. <laughs> okay, that's, that's Bond villain right there. That's the one. That is the one. But it was a, it was good. You went on the train, of course, just in case yeah. some cynics are listening, thinking, hang on, have you been flying that private helicopter to Austin? Yeah, and it wasn't coal-fired either. Come on. Which is great. Which, as we established, we're both big fans of, uh, of train travel because it's mm. probably, I think, the most comfortable and sensible way to travel in many respects. Yeah, it was a real adventure. You know, it took, um, <laughs> took four days. Uh, I stopped halfway, you know, overnight in Frankfurt and then stopped on the way back somewhere else. Just took in a few different cities, made a journey of it, you know. It was a bit of an adventure, a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, well, done it now, so I can move on Fantastic. and do some other things. Gemma says, uh, Dale, you talked a lot about influencing politics in 2023. How can we, your listeners and followers, help? I mean, I was hoping by this stage, Dale, you'd be in the House of Lords with, you know, faux ermine around your neck, <laughs> ready to go. But the ennobled Mr. Vince, as it were, <laughs> Lord Dale of, well, you can pick your place apparently, but yeah, uh, right. then you kind of opted out of the idea of being kind of, you know, full on in terms of the House of Commons, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And opted instead to go for a, um, a foundation, uh, like a think tank, but more of a think, think do tank as a kind of vehicle for the, the ideas that we come up with, like, um, grass for making gas. And the latest one is grass for making food, uh, and all kinds of other stuff and turn them into, uh, worked up economic plans to share with the new government that I hope we'll have in 2024. So they've got something to kind of get their teeth into, I guess. But, uh, you remind me, I was in the House of Lords a few, um, uh, probably a month or so ago, and uh, I had one of those uh, scenes in the restaurant there where, like, I wasn't wearing a jacket and the guys wanted me to wear one, which was a bit like, come on, so old-fashioned. But uh, hilariously, they brought me chips because, well, all right, they didn't have any vegan food either. Uh, so they brought me chips and the vinegar was balsamic and uh, I grabbed hold of this balsamic vinegar thing and tipped it on the chips because I thought it had a hole in the end, but it didn't. It had a lid and <laughs> the lid flew off and the vinegar went absolutely everywhere. <laughs> it was the oh, perfect wow. The perfect answer to the dress code and the lack of vegan food. Neil on Facebook says, how do we persuade people like Farage that renewable energy really can work? Yeah, I think engaging with them and, you know, giving them facts where they, they have kind of myths and misunderstandings, just offer them the facts. The cold, hard truth of renewable energy is, is what well, is sobering for people like that. Where, where do you think that cynicism? Because I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by that. I, I, I mean, I, th I think, you know, in my job, when you're doing kind of talk formats, there is a almost an instinct to 
it, it's black and white. It's a kind of binary thinking. You, you, you have to be that or you have to be that. There's no room for the nuance. And once you've embedded yourself into one side or the other, there's no, there's no possible way you can ever see anything beyond that. And that's what I think happens here. Mm. And no matter how much evidence you throw at somebody, there's a kind of psychosis kicks in and it will never be enough. You could sit there with a team of lawyers throwing <laughs> and scientists throwing every fact in the world. And some of those people will still be impenetrable to basic, well, basic facts. Really. Yeah. And I think for some of them, it becomes like their identity. That's who they are. And you're right. They're completely dug in. But I did a thing with uh, Nigel Farage months and months ago. Now, every time he came up with a myth about renewable energy, I offered him the simple truth and, and he just moved on from one thing to another. He didn't argue at all. He was just like, Oh, well, I didn't know that kind of like, and, and what, what about this? And I'm like, well, how this is actually the truth. And well, yeah, that's interesting. Face to face and one to one that kind of, cause he would know that you know more about this stuff than he knows about this <laughs> stuff. Right. So he's got nowhere to go, but when you're not there, he can then preach to a room full of like-minded skeptics that uh-huh. actually what you told him was bollocks. And therefore, <laughs> you know, he's going to carry on thinking x y and z yeah it's a curious position it's a sort of an overtly anti-intellectual position to take yeah it is isn't it but you know brexit was anti-intellectual so i would say he's got form they have form some of them um it just is the way it is isn't it i think that increasingly the evidence becomes overwhelming uh you know like temperatures like that would only happen once every 500 years is like jesus you know try arguing about that and uh, anyway increasingly it becomes overwhelming like next month our green gas mill will start putting gas into the grid made from grass like for example and you know some of these people are super skeptical about that there's some tory mp i've been on the radio with i forget his name he's a bit of a knob to be honest and he's like (laughs) he's like oh (laughs) yeah good question that didn't narrow it, did it? He's like, oh, I've, I've been in my constituency. We don't have that much grass. I'm like, fucking hell. Is that it? Is that the basis for your opinion? I've had a look around and I don't think we have enough grass. Come on. Hi, I'm Mike Graham from Talk TV. And I've been asked to tell you about green issues and a new book called Manifesto. It's brilliant, apparently. Do you believe in climate change? I don't. Do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No, neither do I. But I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto. The Battle for Green Britain. It's part memoir, part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up, apparently. I won't be buying it. But you can if you want to waste your hard-earned cash. It's $4.99. Pretty cheap, isn't it? You must be wealthy as hell. According to this script, it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, this one's back on the agenda. We love a heat pump yeah, story, we do, we do. Dale. And uh, here's another. Yeah, great story I read last week. Uh, a bunch of campaigners and um, one of those consultancies and actually a heat pump manufacturer have come together to produce a, a kind of letter. They sent a letter to Grant Shapps actually to say, whatever you do, don't allow hydrogen blending in the gas grid. There's a proposal to allow about 20% of that. Uh, don't allow it because it'll add a couple of hundred quid to annual energy bills. 
household energy bills um, because we've got better alternatives like heat pumps. And, and you know, what I can't understand are these, you know, these are all professional people, apparently, and, and they just glibly say that heat pumps are uh, a cheaper alternative. And they clearly haven't looked at the impact of a heat pump. They say that, uh, you know, hydrogen is more expensive than fossil fuel gas without realizing that electricity is more expensive than fossil fuel gas and your use of electricity will triple with a heat pump. They just haven't crunched the numbers. So I just find it kind of galling, really, that there's this big move to stop the 20% blend which actually is a good idea as long as we make that 20% hydrogen from excess renewable electricity when, you know, obviously when we don't need it, we can turn it into hydrogen. It just makes great sense and then augment green gas in the gas grid. Uh, Well, of course, Shapsy is involved in this, (laughs) which I find, you know, of no surprise at all. Uh, He's a lot of things. I know he's not a stupid bloke and I, I can absolutely see, and I saw a former minister do this, I think it was Owen Patterson, I think you might have had some dealings with over the past, but he was talking uh, on the back benches and he came out with the line, he said, now I'm not in the cabinet, I can speak with the freedom of a backbencher. And I can't remember what the specific policy was, but I can kind of see a time when Grant Shapps will be that person. He'll say that now I'm not wedded to this kind of collective responsibility lark. I can actually tell you now that I always thought the heat pump idea was a crock of <laughs> shit. I, re- I can hear him saying it. Because he must know that because all the evidence is there to, to show I don't it, right? think they've seen evidence. You know, I think they've been lobbied by heat pump manufacturers successfully and told that that's the answer. And now they're being lobbied by the hydrogen lobby uh, to like uh, create a hydrogen levy on fuel bills in order to support the kind of early adoption of, of blue hydrogen production and that kind of stuff. But, you know, this whole hydrogen economy stuff is, is just another one of those kind of unicorn technologies like um, – carbon capture and storage you know where we're pinning our hopes on stuff that you know doesn't exist either at all or at scale when we've just got simple alternatives to do things differently well let's tie that in hydrogen made with fossil fuels will be considered clean energy i mean how many more of these stories can we read it seems there's a a shapsy not just here but all over the bloody world because this is uh, again six-year-old mathematics and physics will tell you otherwise but don't let that stop certain politicians from just simply making it up as they go yeah. along. How, so throw some fossil fuels in, but as long as the word hydrogen is there, we can call it clean energy. Yeah, it's interesting because this comes from the IEA, the International Energy Agency, who often publish quite sensible stuff. I think they're the people that said recently we need to stop drilling for new oil and gas if we're going to hit zero carbon targets. So, you know, fair play for that one. But uh, blue hydrogen is made from fossil fuels. And, and it, it emits uh, uh, more methane, actually, than, uh, than using fossil fuels does, uh, you know, directly for heat, for example. Blue hydrogen uh, has 20% higher emissions overall than, than gas or coal if it's used directly for heat and 60% more than diesel. So we can't use, we can't use it for heat. It would be madness uh, to do that. Th- these are guidelines from the IEA to try and in- encourage investment in the production of blue hydrogen. And they're saying as long as it's got less than seven kilograms of CO2 for one kilogram of hydrogen – they're okay with it. But it relies, crucially this is, it relies on carbon capture and storage to remove 90% of the carbon emissions involved in the process to get wow. it down to roughly three kilograms. Without that carbon capture, it's 30 kilograms of CO2 per kilogram of hydrogen. It's absolutely mad. And we know that carbon capture and storage doesn't exist uh, at scale. It's not economic. And it's at the heart of the blue hydrogen plan. I mean, I, I think it's mad. We need to call those social workers quickly, don't we? We need to get those guys in a bit lively. Something is upside down here. 
This is being recorded, of course, on a, a late Thursday afternoon stroke evening. This is the day before you pitch up down in the capital at the Just Stop Oil protests. Uh, in fact, they're not really Just Stop Oil, are they? They're everything. It's everything, and it? it's the Extinction Rebellion, Animal Rising, uh, Insulate Britain. It's the whole crew. All those people that some people hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mention that because what's interesting is that the response – and this goes down to the art of good protest, doesn't it? The response is very mixed because people understand a protest, but they don't understand having their M25 closed. Mm, or the snooker had interrupted, right? Oh, the snooker. That was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, by a bloke with a bag of powder. Paint, paint dust, yeah, something like that. I've, I've had a whole week, actually, of defending the right to protest and disrupt and just stop oil in particular, and that that protest in particular, against those people you mentioned, the, the some people that like to hate uh, these people that are doing such a great job of of creating headlines and, and just not accepting the status quo. You know, I've been on right-wing TV and radio listening to all the crazy stuff that they say. I mean, there's some real crazy stuff. I'll tell you now, I'll tell you later. I don't mind. No, tell me now. Yeah. What's the <laughs> crazy you. stuff? Well, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer, right? I mean, I love chatting to her, but uh, she, she went on some kind of uh, some kind of rant and said that uh, eco-protesters want to take us all back to the dark ages and they want to ban the wheel. I'm like, WTF? And she, said, <laughs> she asked me at one point, <laughs> If the planet was about to die, should she get hysterical? I said, I think you've got enough hysteria this morning with the dark ages and banning the wheel, right? Have you heard of an electric car, right? Oh, so, my word. Well, t- t- come on, Don, fess up now. Tell us about your wheel banning activities. Where do these secret <laughs> meetings take place? Where are they? Are they are in, they in, in your head. office there? Are they somewhere else? Do you all meet in a, a little cave in another part of the country so that we can see you kicking up your anti-wheel plans? I mean, it's mad, isn't it? I said, you've heard of electric cars, right? Because that, that's what we want, electric transport, the ending of fossil fuels, you know, that kind of stuff. But no, it was all back to the dark ages, apparently. And uh, and we want children to mine cobalt in, in Africa. And she talked about incredibly rare materials. And it all has to come on a boat from China. Like, that's the end of the world as well. I mean, honestly, it's so... It's so removed from reality. When we talk tomorrow on TV, Dale, can I can my first question be: Are you planning to ban the wheel? Can <laughs> yeah, I throw that in there? Is yeah. that all right? So we'll yeah, we'll start yeah. we'll start off something like that. But I, I suppose with things like the Grand National, we can argue about the Grand National. That was an interesting one because lots of people we spoke to, so people who ordinarily would be, you know, you might think quite traditional and conventional. They like an institution. Um, are very much against the Grand National, but that was more of an animal cruelty issue. Uh, whereas the protests there were kind of a mixture, weren't they? They were about animals, but they were also about drawing a wider attention to other things within the system. I mean, it's just madness what our government are doing. And you can understand why people are frustrated. And this is what I've been saying all week. Millions of people can't believe what our government are doing in the teeth of a climate crisis, opening coal mines, drilling for oil and gas, you know, expanding runways, and a 26 billion road building program, all of it pulling us exactly in the wrong direction. And so, you know, why should we be surprised when people take to the streets? What about, is there a problem, do you think, sometimes when, you know, I don't know, somebody from, uh, I mean, somebody like yourself, who's a great communicator, 
a good talker. You know your turf. You know your territory. So when people book you to go on television and radio, whether it's the BBC, Independent, whatever it happens to be, you're going to get a qualified answer. But often that's not the case. And somebody comes on talking about Armageddon and straight away they're countered by lots of reasons. Like, for example, don't worry, the world is definitely not going to end. Yeah, lots of crazy shit as well. I mean, like Julia, to go back to yesterday, one of the things she threw at me was, look, uh, we need coal, right? We need coal to make steel. And I said, that isn't true either, right? We're making steel now with hydrogen. That's happening in Europe. And immediately, with no knowledge of the subject, obviously, she comes back and says, yes, but not at the scale we need it. I mean, you know, what a what a silly thing to say. It's happening in a steel factory. It's not happening in a lab. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what, Dale? It's only when we sit here listening to it like that. It's actually quite an entertaining podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> it's quite a body of work, isn't it? Right? It's it a builds body up. of work, it, it sneaks up on you. We do it every week. And, uh, there, are, there are there's literally hours of information and opinion there that I don't genuinely don't think you will find anywhere else on this subject. And entertainment, right? We yeah. mean, you know, it's a serious topic, but we take a, uh, a you know, tongue-in-cheek, cheeky look at uh, what's going on, right? Absolutely. Um, we're at WOMAD tomorrow. Blimey, glad you said. Looking, <laughs> you hadn't forgotten, had you? <laughs> we're going to stay at home and, and clean the hovercraft or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, no. We're, we're on the main stage uh, from 10.30 to 11.45. It's the Ecotricity stage. I'll see you there, Dale. Yeah, we're going to drag some books along as well, do a bit of signings after the event. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's always a great time. And, you know, talk about connecting with an audience that this podcast does. WOMAD is a fantastic way to connect with people. The audience of WOMAD, you know, the whole place is brilliant. I mean, I love it greatly. Good work. Um, we'll see you on the next episode. Alrighty. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to follow this podcast on your podcast provider as well. Follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero carbon. East off.